So I was going to wait for Jared to get back next week before doing another one of these, but due to what has happened in the sports world today, we are recording an emergency podcast because the San Antonio Spurs traded away DeJounte Murray today, their 25-year-old all-star. But before we get to that, I would be remiss if I didn't cover a few things that have happened in the last couple, you know, the last week here since we, since, you know, we, uh, we, we last had the podcast going on a uh, big one being the NBA draft on Thursday. I mean, I think, I think it was a shocker. Uh, Paulo Bancaro goes first overall to the magic. I, I, I really thought they were going to go a chat a few weeks ago, but then leading up to the draft, it was starting to look like that they were going to take Jabari Smith, which isn't what ended up happening. I'm not sure why. Um, I personally went with Chet, and my brother and I covered that in great detail leading up to, uh, leading up to the draft. But I, I, I saw Paulo as probably the number three guy there. I think he's the most consistent, and I, and I think he has, I think he's the highest floor player of the three. But I, I just don't think when you are, you know, picking number one and you're a franchise like the Magic, you're you're, you're going for high floor. I think you need to shoot for the, I think you need to shoot for the stars, and shooting for the stars would have landed you Chet. And I think Chet has the lowest floor. Um, but like I said, it is, I think it is best in that kind of position for them to shoot for the stars, as I said, and then take Chet there. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad pick. I really do think that Paulo can probably be a pretty productive NBA player, probably an all-star, probably could be an all an all NBA team selection kind of a guy. I'm not denying that. But it just in the state that these franchises are looking at, I think you have to go for someone like Chet or e- even Jabari. Get a little, little more, a little more size, just a little more, a little more shooting there. Defensive capabilities are probably similar. Um, Van Carroll's better score, that's for sure. But I, I think that's pretty much all. I, I'm, I'm going to go there. I, it was a bit of a shocker to me to see uh, Keegan Murray go four. That's the guy I wanted the Spurs to get. I was kind of hoping they might move up in the draft last week to try to, to try to get Murray at four or five. I thought I, I really thought Ivy go there, but um, I, I don't think that's a bad pick uh, by, by the Kings. And then Ivy falls to five, and he is the hope for Ivy is that he's going to be some sort of Ja Morant. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of guy. He's really raw. Um, he doesn't have a ton of scoring skills and defensive skills, but just like Ja was really athletic. Except I think he, he lacks the playmaking skills that 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 Ja had when he was coming out of Murray State, but. I do think I do think that's another one of those you know kind of uh, reach for the sky you know Buzz Lightyear kind of things where you know they're just kind of trying to take a shot there you know and, and, and kind of see what happens with Jaden and then you know the rest kind of came out the way it came out uh, I, I thought the Spurs had a good draft uh, Sokan at nine I think was a pretty good pick I kind of thought they're gonna go with Johnny Davis there but I I'm, I'm I'm not that upset about it they they really needed they really needed a a um, a four to fill in defensively. Cause I mean, Pirtle, Pirtle's great. Um, Pirtle plays good D. He blocks a lot of shots. Um, he's good. He's a good anchor, you know, for the time being a great rebounder. The problem is, is the Spurs don't have any, the Spurs don't have a four to anchor the defense and they really struggled against some of those big guys. They don't have anyone who can guard a guy like Giannis, even Jason Tatum. Um, they were fine at guard defensively when they still had DeJounte and I'll get to that nightmare, you know, pretty soon here, but 
thought they had a solid draft. Um, not a whole lot of surprises. Um, that Diang from France, I believe, went a little earlier than I thought he would. I think he went 11. I thought that was a bit of a shocker, but I think I think the rise of you know Nikola uh, Nikola uh, Jokic is really um, driving up the value of um, foreign players, along with guys like Luka Doncic. I mean, and and Joel Embiid. Just, uh, people are just seeing a lot of value in these foreign guys, and I think it's starting to show. I mean, Nikola Jovic, uh, <laughs> Jovic, um, not not Jokic, but Jovic, um, same first name, slightly different last name. Uh, he went, you know, somewhere in the twenties. He's 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 another guy. I kind of thought this person would pick up at twenty twenty five. Though they decided against it, um, like I said, not a big deal. I I look I, I like who they have. They kind of loaded up on more bigger guards, which maybe was foreshadowing to what they were going to do this week. Um, that's just a very quick, you know, quick and dirty breakdown of the draft. Um, I the Avalanche won Game Six of the Stanley Cup, and on the Stanley Cup, we have done no Stanley Cup coverage. But I would be remiss if I didn't at least bring it up and just put it out there. Um, my 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 Hurricanes lost out in the second round. I maybe two of the Avalanche. No, different sides of the country. But that's beside the point. I I <laughs> I actually don't know if Carolina makes the playoffs until the playoffs start because that's how little I follow hockey. But they did deny um, the Lightning. They're you know they're they're three peat Tampa Bay wherever Tom Brady goes, success follows. Um, and maybe and maybe maybe a little bit of a curse. You know when when Brady decided that he was going to um, quasi retire there, but. Let's get into why I called this emergency podcast today, and that's the Spurs trading DeJounte Murray. Um, I've had a couple hours. It is currently nine o'clock at night, and when I when the news broke to me, it was you know closer to five four four forty five. Um, and I was pissed. I was really pissed. Um, I I couldn't believe it. I really did see DeJounte as kind of a franchise cornerstone kind of guy. He's not a generational player. I don't think he's going to end up being an all-time great. But I really do think the Spurs really could have built a great roster around him and the younger guys below him, uh, especially especially Keldon Johnson. We'll see, what's, we'll see what happens with Primo. I Maybe Primo could be generational. Who knows? Um, he grew two inches last year, and he's putting on a little bit of, being, he's putting on a little bit of muscle. But they got guys like Devin Vassell that are kind of coming up, you know, he could be a great three and D guy. Primo could really, I, I think, you know, Primo, if he turns into what the Spurs think he can, he, he can be the guy that can kind of, you know, you can run an offense through when, you know, when DeJounte is out on the floor or they can kind of be like a nice little tandem guy, like Keldon. I mean, Pirtle's still young, um, but they kind of decided to abandon that. And I've seen a lot of mixed, mixed, mixed emotions from Spurs fandom on Twitter, on Reddit, all over the place. And, um, there are two consensuses, and there's one which is where I'm at. That is, this is super devastating. I can't believe this person to trade Dejounte. And the second one, and the second one is good. We sold high. He didn't fit in with the timeline. I just, I just don't get the timeline argument. I've seen so many people in, 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 in you know, you know, Spurs fans talk about how he's too old. You know, he doesn't fit in with the younger guys, and you know, I. And he's not going to want to play with the team that's not going to be a contender. That's just so – that's – I don't even know where to go with that. Like, he's 25. He's a 25-year-old all-star who averaged 21 points a game on eight rebounds and nine assists last year and two steals. 25, 25. Steph Curry had his first all-star season when he was 25 years old. You're going to say that's different because they're building around a core of guys who are right around the same age, and they're all coming up in the league together fine. But – the idea that you just trade him because his value high is right now is is, is ludicrous to me. And th- this isn't 
the way that the Spurs normally operate. The Spurs aren't, you know, aren't a franchise that kind of trades guys away, you know, at 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 peak value. And and Dejounte was a Spurs guy. You know, they got him late. I think twenty eighth, twenty ninth pick. You know, in, in the dra- in the draft. You know, five six years ago. And he had a couple years where I mean, he was fine. I mean, when you draft a guy that late, you never expect him to be a difference maker. I mean, and he was a 10, 11 point a game guy. He tore his ACL. He came back from his ACL season. He, his production went up quite a bit. And then this year, he had a breakout year, and he was great. Uh, I think I think behind Jordan Poole probably should have been the um, most improved player. Probably should have finished second. Um, as much as I love Ja, we talked about this. Um, when you get drafted second overall and you have two big seasons, you probably shouldn't be winning a most improved player. But that's beside the point. So back to the timeline argument. I just don't see... I just really don't see where the, you know, how the argument can hold any weight. Like Primo's 19, Vassell's 20, Lonnie Walker, they just, they gave him a, they gave him a, a qualifying off day, but they're going to let him go and restrict free agency. And that group of guys, you know, we got, we got Trey Jones coming up the back, maybe Joe Weiskamp. I mean, we got some good young guys, you know, that we could really use DeJounte to, you know, kind of mentor a little bit and show them what is for, you know, what, what, you know, the Spurs culture, as we all like to call it, Spurs culture, whatever that means these days. I'm, I'm not even sure if it means anything anymore. And the only thing this could lead me to believe that the Spurs agreed with that, that that for some reason, a 25-year-old all-star didn't fit in with the, with the young core. Apparently being 25 is too old in today's NBA. And they decided to embrace the tank. Because, I mean, other than, other than, I mean, they are clearing up any cap space. Um, Gallinari is, 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 is a cap match. They're not clearing any cap space. They're clearly trying to get worse and they're trying to load up assets. But I, where, where are these assets? Where are these assets? I, I don't see. So it's first traded for Danilo Gallinari, who is 33 years old and he's washed. He's, he's, he's worthless. The, he, he, he's actually gonna be the oldest guy in the team. They're gonna, they're, they're gonna trade him or they're gonna cut him. And then who they get out of it. So they're getting next year's first round pick from the Hornets, which is protected. It's protected. So, and, and, and it's lottery protected. So if that, if, if the Hornets miss the playoffs next year, the Spurs miss it on the draft pick and they'll get it in 2024. And then they get, um, and then they get the 2025 and 27 first from the Hawks. And then it also has a pick swap in 26. So if the, if, if the Hornets miss the playoffs next year, the Spurs won't realize anything from this draft until the 2024 draft or from this trade until a 2024 draft. And even if they do get to realize it next year, it's not going to be a lottery. We're talking probably a 15, 16, 17, which admittedly, I mean, you can get an impact player for that, but the Spurs are clearly, clearly, clearly embracing the tank, which I, it is something I really never thought that we would see. I I never thought I'd see the day where the Spurs were, were going to tank. I mean, they, they, they were actively trying not to tank this year. They could have, they could have dealt all these guys at the trade deadline, and try to lose, but they were actually trying to win games. They're getting all their young guys playing time. They're letting Dejounte run the show, so he could run the show in the future. They made the they made the play in lost, which is fine. I mean, I I, I did I did want that lottery pick. I'm 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 not all that, all that upset about losing out and not getting swept in the first round of the playoffs. But this just like this just feels so backwards to me, and it doesn't make any sense. This trade. I mean, I, I, I have never even one time have, you know, questioned a Spurs decision until last year when they went with Josh Primo at number 12. I, that puzzled me, but I think that was just, you know, you know, betting on youth 
Josh Primo is younger than all but like four or five guys in the top 10 this year. I mean, he's he's the same age as, the, as these guys coming up. So fine, fine. But I just I just can't figure out what the what the plan was here. I mean, tanking tanking doesn't work in the NBA. It just it just doesn't work. The way the lottery works, you 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 can't tank create a success. And this kind of and and it feels like the Spurs are, are about to do that, unless they have some crazy. They they might be working out a. You know, maybe maybe a sign and trade to get DeAndre Ayton. Maybe they think they can make a run at um, Zach Levine, and they want to build around him and a young core. But Levine's older than Dejounte. I mean, and there's not. I mean, Jalen Brunson. I mean, I've seen they have no interest in going after Jalen Brunson. They don't, and there isn't really any. There aren't really any big guys on the market. I I've seen some. I've seen some Spurs fans say we got to get KD now, but it's KD's not coming. KD's not coming to San Antonio, guys. Let's be let's be real with ourselves. We're not getting. We're not, we're, we're rocking a sniff KD. Kyrie just signed his player option. Maybe he forces a way out. If he forces a way out, Durant will as well. But I mean, Durant's under contract for three more years. And I don't, I don't know what we can offer the Nets in a trade. All of our, all of our first round draft picks we just got. And, and what's the point? I mean, if, if you're going to trade all those guys just to get one, just to get KD for three years, as he's kind of coming out of his prime here, like that doesn't meet the timeline either. So like that argument doesn't track either. Oh, but back, but back to my tanking point. Tanking doesn't work, guys. Tanking does not work in the NBA because of the way the lottery system works. You have you have a fourteen percent chance if you're if you're the worst team in the NBA at getting the first overall pick. And I'm seeing a lot of train for Wembenyama, uh, Victor Wembenyama, Yama out of France, who is like right now the consensus number one pick next year. Who is I've been I I've been reliably informed he is the most generational prospect since LeBron James. Um. I'll believe it when I see it. He's very similar to a guy like Chet, except he has a couple more inches and he's actually a little more skilled. Um, but I do think that's the way that the NBA is going right now. But you can't reliably tank for players. Like this isn't the NFL where if you lose all your games, you get to pick Trevor Lawrence. Or I get to pick Joe Burrow. That's not the way it works. If, if you're the worst team, you might end up with the fifth pick. In fact, if you're the worst team, I think there's something like a 30, there's like a, there's like a one third chance you end up outside of the top four and you get the fifth pick. Like it's, Tanking's not a reliable way to gather assets. And let's look at how, you know, some of the playoff teams this year, like the good teams this year, like how they build out the rosters, how they get good. Golden State. That was all through the draft. Clay and Clay, I can't remember when Clay got drafted, but Clay was probably was 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 early teens, I think. Steph was seven, and then Draymond was late in the first round. And that's been the their their their, their pillars for years. They didn't need to tank. They didn't need to tank to to to, to come up with to come up with that crew. Yeah, Boston, and 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 you're gonna say, well, Boston, Boston had has two top three picks. Number one, they they realized Tatum by trading an aging star. They didn't trade a young 25 year old. They traded KG and Paul Pierce and Jason Terry for a boatload of picks to the to the Nets, and that was one of those years where they exercised a pick swap and they got Tatum, and then and, and, and the year before that they got Brown. Um, they didn't tank for that. That was that was that was savvy trading. Of aging, of aging, of aging stars. Miami, that's all free agency, and a little bit of draft. Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero was, I think, he was also early. He was also an early teens draft pick. Duncan Robinson, I think he might have been undrafted. And then Jimmy Butler was also actually a late one, but he didn't get drafted by them. But that's another trade acquisition. And then, and then Kyle Lowry, another trade acquisition. So I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing any tanking there. You look at a team like Dallas. 
who got, I mean, and they're probably going to be the best argument here for that maybe tanking works, maybe. Um, and that is that <laughs> um, they, they did get Luca. I mean, they started off by picking, you know, by picking Trey and then a trade, you know, so that's a top five pick right there, top three pick. Um, but I mean, Cuban, we all know Cuban's not actively tanking, so that's not an active tank job. We have Phoenix, and Phoenix was, I get Aiton. Aiton was the number one overall pick. I get that, but he's their third best player. They got Chris Paul via trade. And then Devin Booker, another early teens pick. Are we are we noticing a trend here? A lot of guys in you know in in the late lottery, mid to late lottery are you know are panning out and you know and 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 leading teams. You don't need a top pick to be successful. But I'm 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 going to keep going down the list. Milwaukee, their cornerstone guys, Middleton and Giannis. Giannis was what a 15, 14, 15, 16 pick. And uh, let's Google Chris Middleton. I'm going to bet Chris Middleton was probably late late twenties. Chris Middleton, second round pick, pick 39, 2012. Drew Holiday trade. Brooke Lopez, I Brooke Lopez was free agency, I believe, when they when they when they when they picked him up. Philadelphia. Philadelphia, trust the process. That's an active tank tank job. And where they've gotten? They haven't gotten out of the second round since they drafted Embiid and Simmons. And they've and then they traded Simmons. They've done all sorts of things, and it hasn't worked because tanking doesn't work. You look at Toronto, who won a title three years ago. And how they build that team. Fred Van Vliet, undrafted free agent. Pascal Sycam, late first round pick. And then Kawhi Leonard, trade, who the Spurs were building the franchise around, who was a 15th pick. 15th pick. Kawhi Leonard was. I mean, we're looking at all these teams. Brooklyn, got all their guys through trades and free agency signings. Chicago, trades and free agency signings, except for Patrick Baldwin and um, uh, Kobe White. Everyone else, trades, free agency, stuff like that. Zach Levine, you know. Who is also not an early draft pick. I don't know when Zach Levine was drafted. Let's find out. 13th overall, Zach Levine. Uh, again, I'm sensing a trend here. 7 through 15. There's lots of, lots of talent in that range. Tons of talent in that range. Denver, Jokic. The best player of the NBA in the last two years. Second round pick. Utah, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. Not early draft picks. Pelicans, yeah, but that was an active. Uh, that I I get Zion's number one overall pick. You didn't play or you play or you, but that's not an active tank job. They had like the seventh or eighth best lottery odds that year. That's the joy of the lottery. You can still play well and be mediocre and still get great picks because of the lottery. You don't have to be bad to move up in the lottery. The Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are a great example of how having a ton of early draft picks doesn't do you anything. They they made the playoffs this year for the first time since probably KG in the mid two thousands. And they've had top three draft picks galore, just year after year after year, and it doesn't work. Just filtering in talent just doesn't. And I get that they're a poverty franchise, and the Spurs are supposed to be better at player development than that. And if the Spurs maybe had those picks, maybe it's a different story. But there's a trend. The Lakers, they built their team around a 14th over, 13th overall pick in Kobe, who they traded for, and Shaq, who they got in free agency. And then Pau Gasol later who I don't know where they got Pau Gasol from. I can't remember, but I mean, and then you look at the Spurs dynasty and, that, and again, and this is the Spurs fans biggest argument is, well, we became the dynasty by being number one overall pick, but that wasn't an active tank job. David Robinson was hurt the year before and they had dealt with injuries and they had a, they had a tough year. And then Robinson came back and Sean Elliott came back and all these guys came back. And then they drafted a generational player in Tim Duncan. And that worked out that way. And, and, but then 
who they support him with after, you know, after the Twin Towers age, a late first round pick in Tony Parker, and then a second round pick in Ginobili. And then you, you, you mix in guys like, you know, like, like Bruce Bowen, you know, guys like Kawhi Leonard, stuff like that, you know, Boris Diaw, like you can fill out a rot. You, you do not need to get these high draft picks. And I get it helps. Listen, higher draft picks are more likely to be successful than not. LeBron James, number one overall pick. But did he win a title with the team that drafted him originally? No. He left and then came back after they built more talent and then and then and then won one there. I mean, it's it's not the formula, the formula in the NBA is not tank or win titles and nothing in between. So many teams, I mean, like I said, I just I just laid out every single playoff team's roster and all of them. Not all of them, but a lot of them built talent either through trades and free agency, which I don't think the Spurs are having a tough time doing as a, as a small market team. But like, let's look at the small market teams that have been successful. Teams like Phoenix, maybe not necessarily small market, but they're not big market. Booker, you know, late lottery pick. The be- honestly, I think the I think probably the best player in this coming generation, you know, post you know post LeBron, is going to be is going to be um, is going to be Giannis. And that was, like I said, that's a late lottery pick. It's a late lottery pick. You do not need these top picks. Listen, I'm not, I'm not saying it doesn't help. It, it obviously helps. But with the way that the, with, with how good the Spurs are at developing players, they just do, the, this move just felt so, so, so unnecessary. It just doesn't make any sense to me why we would trade away. And DeJounte was my favorite player. He was, I mean, he was so fun to watch. I mean, really athletic. If he could develop a jump shot, he easily could have been a 27 point per game. Like I said, nine boards, nine assists kind of guy. I mean, he 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 definitely could have been in three or four years, no doubt in my mind, been the best player on a championship caliber team. And even if those draft picks they got, you know, you know, when 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 we get them, I I think the I think that's a great trade for the Hawks. What do they need these, what do they need these picks for? They just need to build around Trey. I think Trey and Dejounte are going to be a, are going to be a nightmare of a of 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 a backcourt to deal with, and then that shores up their, their you know um and and that shores up Trey's uh, defensive weakness a ton. Those picks are going to be late first round, late first round. All of them will be, maybe not, maybe we get lucky with some of the pick swaps or you know whatever else. But I I just I guys I I don't know I. I've never been more disappointed in, in, in this franchise in my life. And I've been spoiled. I've been spoiled as a, as a, as a Spurs fan. I'm ready for the Seahawks to Cause I, I dealt with three or four years of total mediocrity, but you know, before Russ came around, um, I've, I've been there of them. So it's no big deal, but I, and the Spurs have, have struggled the last four or five years here after, after Duncan retired and, you know, in, in Zaza completely ruined Kawhi for us. Um, but, uh, I do think I do think these are dark times for the Spurs. I mean, with Dejounte and and you know and a good trade and maybe a free agency shines, signing and and especially if guys like um like like Jeremy Sokan work out, you know, and Primo, I'm starting to get higher hopes for Primo because uh, I don't think they can be making these trades if they didn't think Primo is going to be the real deal. But I think the Spurs are at least five to six years out now. I mean, I just don't see they're clearly embracing the core of twenty of of their nineteen to twenty two year olds and you know, decided to sell high into Jante. I, 
I don't know. I mean, I think I think I've I think I've covered what I needed to cover here. I mean, I could I could ramble on all day about how I how I supremely dislike this trade. I'll be on Reddit for the next probably four months until the NBA season, you know, tips back off again, arguing with everyone about how 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 that was a bad trade. I'm gonna keep hearing people say that he didn't fit the timeline, which is, is the most idiotic thing I have ever heard. How does a 25 year old officer not fit a team's timeline? That is so stupid. Like he probably has six, seven, maybe maybe eight years of, of prime left, and I don't even know if he's hit his prime yet. But we're just gonna sell high so we can get a few late first round picks. I mean, the only thing I can think of is 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 they're gonna use those picks to package for you know to package a trade. The, this really feels like um, a run at Aiton, maybe. You know, you know, trade Pirtle, trade some of those first-round picks, get Aiton in a sign-in trade because the Spurs have like $40 million or something in. The Spurs are the only team right now that can actually afford to sign a max player. So I mean, maybe, maybe they're trying to make a run at Levine. Maybe they're trying to make a run at Aiton. Or maybe, which is my speculation, is they're just full-on embracing the tank. They're, they're going to embrace the tank. They're going to just throw the young guys out there this year see how they do and just let it ride. Well, due to this being an emergency one, I'm going to, I think, I think I'm just going to cut it there and make it a quick basketball podcast. We'll get Jared and I, Jared and I will get back to Jared and I will get back to balling out next week. Rant over. See you guys later.